Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. It's time for another show dedicated to the world of keto. Check out ketoreset.com for details about my New York Times bestselling book and send your questions to info at ketoreset.com. Brian Hoyer, I got you. Shielded Healing. What a wonderful company name. Let's hear all about it, man. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. I've heard some great things about your show and and I know we have a mutual friend, Brian Johnson. The liver king. Uh, and the liver king, yes. We are, gonna, we are gonna get into that because when I visited that guy's house, oh man. I mean you think you're living the you think you're living the ancestral dream, but watch out when you when you walk through that door. Uh, no cell phones allowed, no Wi-Fi. There's 100-foot Ethernet cords dangling all over the place. If you want to go work outside or work here or work there, they got you all set up. The beautiful lighting and the, the soft lighting throughout the house. So I guess this is, this is your game where you're going to go do consultations and train other people. And I've heard you uh, a little bit, and I can't wait to introduce our listeners to this seemingly uh, a burgeoning health topic. Like It seems like this... This stuff is getting a lot of attention finally. Yeah, you know, I think the the new 5G networks have got has got even some mainstream people wondering, "Hey, why do we need these really fast speeds?" And and they they like everything is already really really fast. Even some of my tech friends, they're like, "We don't need all this stuff to be connected." I mean, you know, it's kind of cool to be able to do some of the things that that they say that uh, 5G is going to bring, but ultimately, I think people are more concerned with the transmitters being everywhere now. So it's bringing a lot of attention to something that's been largely ignored for quite a long time, actually. So just to jump into that one real quick, we, we were familiar with the the old cell phones had 3G, and then they had 4G, and you have the little icon up in the corner of your screen when you're when you're talking, identifying that you're on a 4G network, that you're hitting uh, a cell tower, and the reception kind sucks over here and then it gets better when you turn the corner on your familiar country road or wherever you are and so so we know that these towers exist and that you have to be pretty close to a tower you don't want to live under one so i think we have this general idea but now with this 5g as it's explained to me um they're kind of like taking over the planet and and frying our brains in a sense yeah well they're they're uh, planning on putting uh, opening up some bandwidths that are higher frequency and they don't travel as well through solid objects. And so they need more transmitters in order to achieve the coverage. Uh, and there's there's other companies like T-Mobile who are going a different route and they're actually going with a lower uh, frequency, 600 megahertz, so they can actually broadcast it further and penetrate through everything and, get, and basically get everywhere so there's no... Uh, gap in the connection or anything. And I, I remember when I first got a cell phone when I was 18 years old, uh, you know, it was back in about the year 2002. And, you know, there was places I could go where I would have to be roaming or there wouldn't be any cell phone reception. But it's not really like that now. Every, pretty much everywhere you go, you're exposed to something. You always have reception. There's very few places in the United States and probably all over the world, really, where you don't have a, some kind of connection anymore. So with the 
strategically placed cell towers that we've been using for many years. Uh, what is going on with these 5G transmitters? They're getting installed apparently on the top of every light post or everywhere you turn, these little guys that are emitting a, a signal. And let's talk about the effect on the human body from may, maybe talk about, you know, the cell tower and living in proximity to that and, and uh, the health danger there. And then in comparison to what we're facing when we, when we go into this new network. Yeah, well, I, I kind of have a different opinion than a lot of people that are out there because I've actually measured the uh, frequencies that they're planning to use for, for 5G, the millimeter waves, and and I've tested it in places where they actually have it live. And uh, the idea, you know, with 3G and 4G, we, had, we have phones that are operating at 900 megahertz all the way up to like uh, 2 gigahertz or 2,000 megahertz. And those frequencies are already damaging in and of themselves. Um, and then most of us in our, in our own homes, we have Wi-Fi signals that are 2.4 gigahertz. And so that's already a higher frequency than what our cell phones are operating at. And high or low, it doesn't mean it's worse or better. It just is the type of frequency, how many, you know, how close together the wavelengths are. And, you know, then... Also, our Wi-Fi routers have 5 gigahertz. And if you notice, when you're connected to a 5 gigahertz or a 5G Wi-Fi network, it doesn't go as far as the 2.4 gigahertz. You know, so, so that one, notice, man. <laughs> now you're yeah. solving all these, these puzzling things that happen uh, around the house. Okay, so is, um, is 5G uh, faster? I mean, f- 5 gigahertz faster than 2.4? Is that why they're putting it on yeah but it doesn't go as far yeah so five gigahertz is faster than the 2.4 gigahertz but it can't travel through the walls as easily and so the the five gigahertz or 5g it doesn't have anything to do with the 5g network that they're um installing everywhere it's just it's kind of more i kind of bring that up to just show an example of how when you have a higher frequency it doesn't travel as easily through these through walls and things like that and so that's why with the 5G networks they're planning to increase the or raise the frequencies to higher frequencies so that they can get more bandwidth higher speeds and everything but um they're going to have to put these towers more often like around the neighborhood and things like that and they're going to be closer to our houses um but they're still going to be using these 4G and 3G networks that penetrate, you know, further in into that can actually penetrate pretty easily into through your walls and and even tinted glass and things like that. So these these frequencies, no matter what they are, they've been shown in many many studies, hundreds, maybe thousands of studies have shown that they do cause cellular damage and DNA damage, and also you know all kinds of different types of symptoms ringing in the ears can cause a permeable blood brain barrier leaky gut um there's a multitude of issues and it's all by this one mechanism or actually the the one mechanism that's the most well known is through these voltage gated calcium ion channels and so there's a dr martin paul from uh washington state university and his research he kind of really brought that to the forefront and basically what they found was that these various different types of frequencies and it's not just wireless frequencies it's also electric fields and magnetic fields they all 
have this biological mechanism where when you're, the cells in your body sense a voltage shift, the voltage-gated calcium channels actually open up and let calcium in, flood into the cell. And what happens with that is that there's this uh, effect with, with calcium entering into the cell and nitric oxide, it creates perioxynitrite, which is a free radical. And it, it's like a potent oxidative stressor. And so that causes inflammation and leads to all sorts of oxidative damage in different parts of the body. And when that happens, it can lead to a multitude of symptoms. It's not just any one thing. And that's why it's so pernicious and, and kind of hard to be like, well, when you're exposed to this, it causes this uh, because it can cause an overall higher amount of inflammation in the body and it could lead to any number of symptoms that a person would experience. And and that's kind of what's been happening ever since we've had electricity, uh, you know, widespread. Just the electricity from the wiring in the walls is is we've had this phenomena happening, and it's just exponentially increased as we've added more technology and different types of frequencies. It's all operating at least on this mechanism, if not on other mechanisms uh, in our in our biology. So it's 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 something that's widespread. We're all being exposed to it. There are ways to block it, and it's definitely something that's not ancestral. Like our bodies are not used to the, the, these sorts of energetic stressors. Now, you mentioning uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of studies. Is any of this in dispute in the scientific community, such as climate change is, uh, what is it now, 99.99% of uh, Earth scientists believe that climate change is a real phenomena. Uh, what about in this field? Can you uh, find someone who will negate this uh, entire concept that has credibility, or are we kind of in agreement that we have an issue here? Well, you'll definitely find people that dispute that it's that it's uh, not an issue, but these people are behind on the research. Um, there, there really is can't be any dispute on the the biological or the physiological mechanism by which they're causing damage because the the study itself that Dr. Martin Paul cites is one where they had people on calcium channel blockers. One group was on calcium channel blockers, the other group wasn't. And they were exposed to the same amount of EMF, and the people that were on the calcium channel blockers didn't experience any of the symptoms that the pe people that that uh, were not on the calcium channel blockers had. So one group, they both had the same exposure. One group was on the calcium channel blockers. When you block those calcium channels, they don't have any symptoms. And the people that didn't have anything, they were experiencing all these different symptoms. And so it just shows – by default that these exposures cause these symptoms and they were able to measure that. So the fact that it's non-ionizing, non-thermal damage that's happening, uh, that's something that really can't be disputed anymore. Uh, what it was in science before was many conventional scientists and people from the wireless industry obviously have special interest in this. They would say that it's only the ionizing type of radiation that can damage you. It's only like the you know, the nuclear radiation, gamma and, you know, alpha and, and all, all these different types of and cosmic radiation, those things can cause enough damage to uh, to damage your DNA and cause a, you know, cause an atom to be released and uh, from the nucleus of a cell or whatever. And that's that's not 
really what we're talking about here when we're talking about the mechanism of damage with this non-ionizing radiation. We're talking about physiological changes in the body due to an exposure. Just like when you get when you have voltage come onto your body, it causes your muscles to contract. You have those little electrodes that you can hook up to your body. I'm sure you've done this. You're an athlete. You you put electrodes on your body and it causes this involuntary muscle contraction when you have voltage going through your muscles. And so that causes a physiological response in the body where your muscles are contracting. And when your muscles contract, you're using calcium. And then when they they relax, you're using up your magnesium stores. Well, what we've done in our modern world is we've surrounded ourselves with this electricity and we've got these micro pulsations happening all night long and, it, and we're never getting the rest and restorative sleep that we need every single night because we've, we're under this constant stress. And when we're under that stress, your cortisol goes up, it edges up, and then that makes your melatonin go down. So you never have enough, quite as much melatonin as you normally would in an environment that's completely free of these stressors than you do if you constantly have these pulsations from the electricity, from magnetic fields, from the wireless that's coming in. And it's affecting every single uh, cell in your body on a different level. Well, that was one of the the biggest things I wanted to ask you. I heard you make this assertion that it's vastly more damaging at nighttime when we're trying to rest than it is when we're running around uh, during a busy day, walking around with our cell phone and our Apple uh, AirPods that go in your ear and, and emit a Bluetooth. And you're, you're carrying these things around for hours. So can you describe the um, compare and contrast between daytime exposure to uh, the assorted EMF uh, contributors versus when you lay down, lay your head down to your pillow to, to get a wonderful, peaceful night's sleep? Yeah, well, I whenever I explain this to people, I like to kind of take a step back and look at it more from this ancestral perspective. And the best way to explain it is that if you think about the way that our ancestors lived their lives, at night they would go into a cave or a mud hut or some kind of stone structure, and they're largely blocked from any of the cosmic radiation that's coming down because they're in that type of structure. And they already didn't have any of the exposures, modern exposures that we had today. But then when they come out of their cave or their mud hut or, or whatever, their primal habitat, they would, or shelter, they would come out and they would come into the sun during the daytime. And the sun has UV radiation, it has cosmic radiation, and there's there's infrared and, and there's all these this stimulation, this energetic stimulation that you're getting during the daytime. And so your body is actually built to be able to handle a certain amount of energetic stress, and those are electromagnetic waves during the day. And it's actually adapted to to use infrared light for energy to produce ATP. We know that now from the work of people like Dr. Alexander Wunsch and and uh, and you know John Ott and some of these other people. Um, and then we use you know UVB radiation to produce vitamin D. So there's a certain amount of radiation that you can handle during the day, and our body actually uses a lot of it for different metabolic processes. Uh, what we don't use is we don't use any of the wireless frequencies. We don't use any of the electric field frequencies. Um, the type of frequencies that we get from the Earth are DC. They're direct current coming in one direction. But now all the electricity that we have in our houses is pulsed 
current. And it's a, it's a digital modulated frequency at 60 hertz. And then the same thing with the cell phone towers. They're all pulsed frequencies that are wireless. So during the day, you're able to handle even more of these kinds of stressors better than at night. Because at night, your body is meant to be kind of in its own frequency. You're cocooned in, in, this, in this shelter, hopefully, and you are in your own frequency. And that's the time that the body chooses to heal innately. You know, your innate intelligence does all of the detoxification at night. Uh, you do the repair at night. You're restoring all of your, your minerals and you're rebuilding tissues and you're detoxing your, your brain and all of your lymphatics. All of that stuff is happening at night. And so if we, you know, to halt that process, your body, if your body perceives any stressor, it halts any detoxification or repair process. And that's because, you know, your your body is supposed to be in this parasympathetic state, a rest and digest state at night. And digestion's another time when you really need to be free of these stressors so you can digest the food that you're eating. And then also when you're detoxifying. If you're doing any kind of detox protocol, you can't be in a, in an emotionally stressed state. You can't be in a physically stressed state. Otherwise, your body's not going to prioritize the detox. It's going to prioritize dealing with the stressor over the detox, over the rebuilding and repairing because you're supposed to be running away from this this lion of a stressor right now in the, in the moment. And so I think that's where, you know, a lot of people that I talk to, they're worried about their cell phone, their Wi-Fi, that where they're sitting during the day and, and all these daytime exposures. And that's fine. I think we should be reducing those as much as possible too because they're not natural. But they always forget that, man, the nighttime, that's when you can actually control it. You don't need to be connected to all this stuff. You don't need to have that in your bedroom. And we can actually recreate this ancestral healing environment in your bedroom so you have eight hours of this healing therapy that will wake up all these dormant healing responses in your body. And that that is where it's at. That's where people need to start. We can't like think of that as an afterthought. That's eight hours every day where you where you don't need that. And you can actually start there. And people see really amazing results when they do that. Wow, that's really wonderfully put and, and so exciting because it's doable and sustainable for the average person who I have to admit these days is getting overwhelmed, it seems, with all the dietary advice. And I talk to my friends, real people that have real jobs. They aren't in the health industry living and breathing this stuff like we do every single day. There's a right. tremendous amount of frustration with diet. There's a tremendous amount of frustration even with the uh, the, the exercise uh, protocols that are being bandied about and, and getting people overstressed and burnt out and, and frustrated. And now to even tiptoe into the area to say, hey, you know that cell phone that is in your pocket all day while you're doing deals? That's really bad for your health. And they're pretty much like, leave me alone, man. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to kick sugar right now. So the idea that we can focus on the nighttime and get vastly, vast majority of the benefits, wow, that's that's exciting to me. I think I can, I think I can handle this, man. What do we, what do we do? What's our step-by-step uh, intervention here if we're going to do one over the over the podcast network? Yeah, well, basically, first step is to get a professional into the house to to measure these things. And you know, I'm not just saying that because I'm a professional, but I've done many assessments of of houses, and there's so many different things that can be going on, different rabbit trails that you can go on to to fix some issues. I mean, we're 
we test for wiring issues in the house and those will need to be fixed by an electrician and many of the electricians don't know how to fix those because they don't see them as wiring issues necessarily. Yeah, this is fine. See the switch? It turns on. You're good. Okay, let's check the next room. Yeah, exactly. So they'll – but – when you when you start to show them, there's actually a book out there that you should get if you're concerned about this. It's uh, it's called Building Wiring and Grounding. I, I forget the exact title. It's kind of a boring title, but the author's name is Carl Riley. Carl with a K, and uh, and he has all of the National Electric Code violations that cause the a lot of the magnetic field issues that are the wiring errors that we see when we do these uh, tests in people's houses. And so he kind of tells you step by step how to fix those and what they are and, and the common mistakes that, that uh, electricians make that create large magnetic fields. And basically what, what that boils down to is, you know, in any home you have a, you know, in any, any outlet, just think about an outlet. There's, a, there's three prongs, right? Well, the two top prongs, there's the hot and the neutral. And so those two wires are supposed to go throughout the house in your Romex and they're supposed to be together all the way from the beginning of your circuit box through all your appliances and everything and back right back and and it does that through the loop just through the romex it's supposed to the hot's supposed to be right next to the neutral that whole time well what some people do is they'll connect the neutral wire in another box to another circuit and that causes the current to go in a different direction and it's no longer together when they're not together, they don't cancel each other out. Explain so, how that could happen. Are you are you talking about splicing into the Romex and and uh, piggybacking or something? Yeah, sometimes they'll piggyback something off of it, but mostly it's when they they go into a junction box and then they they have a bunch of neutral wires together in the box. That's one one way, or they can connect the ground to the neutral, the neutral to the ground. Uh, there's different ways that this, this can happen. And, uh, really, if you're curious about this, you should just get the book. He's got lots of really good illustrations in there, but essentially what's going on is the, the neutral wire at some point is being connected somewhere where it's going in a different direction and it's no longer going back the same way that it came. And so when that happens, there's more current going out than going back and so there it creates this magnetic field because the current is no longer canceling uh canceling out the other wire that has the same amount of current going through it uh it sounds like this is a a code violation like it's it's a poor job in the first place uh instead of a routine a skilled electrician's going to do like you describe at the outset yeah, so uh, some some electricians are out there doing making this mistake all the time. Oh, and uh, you know others they'll you know and and all the lights will still work, but the reason it's a national electric code violation is because if you have if you turn off one circuit and then there's another circuit that's connected to the neutral, that circuit you turn off could still have a hot neutral wire on it. And so that that's a problem in and of itself from a safety standpoint. So this is just one of the things that we we are testing for and we're looking for when we're on these assessments. And then there's also the issue of ground current and dirty electricity. And then we're looking at the artificial lighting in the house and, and, and the bulbs and seeing which bulbs you need to replace, which ones you can keep. And then 
And then also anything that's emitting in your house. I have like five different radio frequency wireless meters that I use when I go in on an assessment because of the different ways that we have to test these things and the different meters that pick up different types of stressors in the house. So that's really the first step is to get this assessment done and then you get a full protocol of what needs to be done for your for your house, your sleeping area, things that we can reduce in the daytime areas that are that are the best bang for your buck and that aren't going to really affect your everyday life. And you know, I I really like to work with people on okay, how do we create this healing space in your bedroom? But then also, how can we reduce as much as we can that's not going to disrupt your your life or the life of the person in the house that's skeptical of all this? They want nothing to do with it, and they love their technology. You know, uh, yeah, let's let's find some kind of common ground here because most people can agree. Like, okay, I have this stuff during the day; I don't need it at night. I might just you know, there's a few people I've had where they just are on call, and so they want to be able to you know, answer their cell phone or a text message for emergency reasons at night. And there's solutions for that too. We have this shielding fabric that you can put over the window. You can put your phone behind that if you really need to be on call. And it's behind the shielded curtain. So you're still going to get reception coming into that. But you're you're more protected than you would be otherwise if you didn't have that in place. And so there's this shielding fabric we put over the windows there's a special conductive shielding paint that you can actually paint all of your walls with it and ground it so that the electricity can't come from behind the walls onto your body. And we want to get that body voltage all the way down to zero, just like you would in nature. And then we're, you know, when you have this conductive paint on the walls and the ceiling, and we have some solutions for the floor as well, you're basically wrapping yourself in this earth energy blocking all the pulsating currents from the walls and it's also reflecting away all the wireless from the cell phone towers and the radio towers and television towers and that's helps to create this more ancestral sleep environment where you're not getting all these pulsations coming onto your cells and your body's actually able to be like ah finally i can rest and and we've seen people get off of medications overnight, stop night sweats overnight, ringing in the ears goes away overnight. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing the things that the body actually, it just, it doesn't need some, it doesn't need like, like we've reduced people's supplement protocols by half or more just by them going into the shielded room for just a few nights. And if you could just get that every single night, then you're going to be way better off for your health down the road because it's exponential uh, what happens when your body can actually get into that deep restorative detox state every single night. Oh, the book you mentioned, you said it was a, a boring title. I think I think you sold it short because the title's Tracing EMFs in Building Wiring and Grounding. Yeah, Carl that's Riley. It. No subtitle. And the cover is one of the most um, basic routine like electrical drawings no pizzazz at all so you'd know it's a good book so uh, yep. <laughs> that's really a great great plug there for the book and i wonder if you can't really tell the stuff's happening to you in real time we're just uh, making an assumption that the modern world and all the electricity is is doing damage and we have great science to prove it uh, but we wake up and go about our day and we wonder you know how important this is to to take on are you going to get some uh, some really strong feedback such as a, a more deep sleep at night and waking up feeling more refreshed are your clients reporting things like that 
Oh yeah, definitely. That's, that's, you know, I've never had somebody who has shielded their room who hasn't reported that in fact. And so, and we're actually also quantifying it with things like the aura ring. You know, I've had many clients who have an aura ring and, uh, one of them is, uh, actually have a video on my, on my website and a little interview I did with Dr. Ben Lynch after shielding one of his houses. And, and he, uh, reported on his aura ring like he gets deep sleep like vast vastly more when he's at home in a shielded room and after he shielded his room than before and and so and i you know hearing his story about that made me go get an aura ring and and start to test it for myself so when i go on the road my deep sleep goes like you know kerplunk basically <laughs> and then when i come back home it, it goes back up and the rem even even goes up a little bit too so you know we know that the rem is like your brain resetting and and everything in the deep sleep is like the supposed to be ultra ultra restorative type of uh, sleep so um we have the anecdotal anecdotal reports from people but then we also have some uh, some hard science with this with this new technology with the aura ring that we can we can actually track it. And the nice thing, I, the reason I like the aura ring better than a lot of the other fitness trackers is because you can it has an airplane mode, so you can actually you're not getting exposed to wireless when you're wearing the aura ring. It's using an infrared technology to get your pulse and your your heart rate variability and and uh, track your sleep cycles and that sort of thing. And so um, we're 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 recommending that to a lot of people who want to quantify the the improvement in symptoms that they're having. So I guess if we're not going to get our consultant in tomorrow and we want to get out of crisis mode immediately and then think about getting further and further interested in this and who knows maybe repainting the room do they have like a wonderful kelly moore color palette of of, of grounding paint or are we choosing between black brown and, and green or is it is it kind of a commercially available thing that's viable to do with the paint yeah well it's uh it only comes in one color and it's black, <laughs> but you can, you can paint over it whatever color oh, you want. Right, right. So you're going to do a grounding paint job as like a primer and then, yep. wow, when you're painting over black, I guess you have to use a bunch of coats of, of, uh, of pink or mauve or whatever you want. Yeah, there's some, then there's you have some to go ways white. That... <laughs> you have to go black and then you have to go primer white and then go back to the, the chosen color. Yep. Yeah. And we do two layers of the black. And then uh, all together, I think I think I, I recommend uh, up to six coats of, of paint, including the shielding paint, when we're doing these jobs. And there's a specific way that we, you know, for each room, it's a little bit different on what we'll recommend on how to do the painting. So, and that's the thing that that's important is how to do the paint painting is just as important as using the best paint. And uh, because you could have the best paint and if there's holes in your shielding or you haven't thought about how, you know, how to apply it in the best way, then you can have some problems. So, you know, if people are just starting out and they really want to do something right now, some of the easy things you can do is you can start unplugging things in your room from the walls. Because one of the major things that we test for is body voltage. Um, 
and that's when we're testing the amount of voltage that's going through your body. And so if you have things plugged into the wall right near your bed, a lot of people have power strips. They're plugging their cell phone in there. They're plugging a fan in there and you know all of these different things and lamps and, and everything. And all of that voltage is right around your bed. And then some people have a metal bed frame. And so that accelerates the, the, the pathway you know, and amplifies the pathway that where the electricity can come to the body. So often the first steps we'll recommend to people is get rid of your metal bed frame, get an all wood bed frame, uh, get the springs out of your mattress and your box springs. They have these wooden bed foundations. There's, there's non-toxic foam mattresses and latex and, and, uh, and wool mattresses that you can get now. There's so many options for metal free mattresses. Um, so those are some of the main things. And then if you need a lamp plugged in, there's these even these little remote plugs that you can get from Amazon where you plug this into the you plug it into the wall and then you can plug your lamp into that and then it has a little remote and you can just turn off the power to the cord with the push of a button. And so we'll often recommend that for the person's lamps and their Wi-Fi router they can turn off, their Apple TV they can turn off. And their smart TV, like basically it has five or six buttons on one remote and you can just flip all that stuff off at night. And then in the morning when you want to get up, you can you can turn it all back on if you want to. And we're really focusing on the bedroom here. So if we have a bunch of junk uh, down the hall, down the stairs, we're, we're not so concerned with that as our immediate environment, or are we, are we talking about turning off the Wi-Fi throughout the house at night as a recommendation? Yeah, so any of the wireless you want to turn off at night, especially if you're not using it, um, uh, just as a general recommendation, because that's going to be closer to your, your body. It's something you can control, so why not just reduce that one stressor or eliminate that stressor right away. But you don't have to unplug everything in the house. The with the electric fields it's mainly what's within about ten or twelve feet of your of you where you need to unplug it. And in a shielded room, you don't need to worry as much about that as long as you can uh get things unplugged uh at at night when you're when you're in the shielded room. Because uh even in an unshielded room you have the Romex behind the walls that's still going to be emanating electric fields. So you could have everything unplugged and you're still got a high body voltage because there's, it's basically like there's extension cords plugged in that are wrapped around all the walls of your room under the floor and over the ceiling. Uh, I always explain it to people like, you know, our modern sleep situation right now is like you pitched a tent out in the middle of nature and then you plugged in an extension cord and wrapped it around your tent and over the top of your tent and under your tent it just it's it's that screams unnatural and not something that's that seems logical to do but that's essentially what we've done in all of our homes so if i'm thinking of my naysayer listeners that like to give me grief about hey what is this carnivore that's ridiculous that you shouldn't eat vegetables and now they're going to listen to you and wonder oh my gosh come on he's saying unplug everything uh every night and you're going to disrupt my life by telling me to put my cell phone away from arms arms reach and all that but just to just to bring it back a little bit and touch on the the health risks that you mentioned briefly so what we're talking about here is this environment with these 
stimulators that that open up our calcium channels, we're getting a slight uh, stress response. We're getting a little bit of that cortisol spike and mel- uh, co- consequent melatonin drop. So we're getting a slightly crappy night of sleep, which everyone can refer to when they go to a motel or, or an unfamiliar environment and they wake up and it just wasn't quite right. And that's kind of where we're at with our, our bedroom, our precious bedroom where we spend a third of our life. Yeah, exactly. And the reason I think the reason that a lot of people don't sleep as well when they're not at home is because your body is like is like so adapted to rhythms in your life. And so if you have similar exposure every single night and then something all of a sudden changes, your body's not ready for that. And the the problem that that we have right now is that uh with the way that these frequencies operate, they're pulsating and they're erratic. And you can actually hear this when you use a meter. And I'm going to turn on one of my meters so you can kind of hear these frequencies. This is only a test. You can, you can kind of hear the screeching, high screeching sound. That's the cell phone towers. And then there's some... It just sounds horrible. If we could hear these things, we would not be using the technology at all, but um, or using it very sparingly. But the thing is, is, is these frequencies are so sporadic. The, the screeching sound is the cell phone towers. They're pulsating. You'll hear like a click, 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 click. That's like a Wi-Fi or a Bluetooth signal. And these things are so sporadic that and pulsating that it's not. There's nothing natural about it. And so when you are in that type of environment, your body can never really adapt to it. And then there's, you know, a lot of people that have these smart meters on, on the sides of their houses. Those are the electrical meter that's, that has an actual RF pulse. Um, those things are pulsing sometimes five or six times a minute. And some people have them right on the outside of their bedroom. And there's actually a video online of this, of this guy uh, his last name is Woodward, um, and and they show him hooked up to an EKG machine, and then they have an RF meter that's that's hooked up to a charting device, and you can see immediately when when uh, there's the pulse of the radio frequency on the smart meter, he has a heart arrhythmia, and so it's it's causing action in the heart, a heart arrhythmia when this pulsation happened. And so for a lot of people, they'll have panic attacks at night. And panic attacks are associated with irregular heartbeats. And and I'm kind of thinking that, okay, we have all these smart meters being installed on these neighborhoods everywhere. Sometimes people will move into a house or all of a sudden they start to get these symptoms. This, you know, this is stuff that's, you know, definitely affecting the body in different ways. And why not just block it out at night? You know, that would be the way that I would sell it to people. Why not just block it out at night, see how you feel? And it, you know, for many people, it has a huge impact on sleep. It's not just a, a small impact on the melatonin or, or things like that. Sometimes it's it's a very significant impact. And if you can just get that eight hours of healing therapy every single night, you don't have to make time for that. You're going to bed anyway. You might as well just have it be a, a healing and restful environment where you're free of these stressors, more like your ancestors would have been. And 
that's kind of it, man. That's that's the that's the ticket to health, in my opinion, as far as this goes. And it's there's a more holistic picture to this whole thing. Uh, you know, obviously, what you put into your body needs to be wholesome. But I always tell people it's also what you put your body into needs to be wholesome. <laughs> so the smart meter. I had a show with Tanya Teshka, and she was strongly uh, critical of those and. Uh, was talking about people in where she was living at the time in Switzerland vandalizing their smart meter like two times and on the third time they they would come and switch it out to a lower tech device. Is this still a possibility today where we can raise hell and say, hey, I don't want this high tech smart meter that's pulsing electricity. I want the old school spinning wheel that you see on the uh, in the window on the side of your house at the at the energy at the power box. Yeah, you can still do that. There's a lot of uh, states that allow you to opt out. There's only a few that won't allow you to opt out. Um, and they always, not always, I guess some sometimes they'll give you a hard time about it. But um, for the most part, there is an opt out in most states. I think Pennsylvania is one of the few that doesn't have an opt out uh, right now. They'll kind of force it on you. And uh, what, yeah, is it's, the, what is the smart meter doing and wh- what are this... What's the difference between the old technology? Well, the power company will tell you one story and then, you know, like the like in actuality it's something else. They'll even tell you that it's not a smart meter they're installing. I I actually was at someone's house in Seattle just like a a, a few tours ago and like just a few months ago really. And uh the guy came to install the smart meter while I was doing the EMF assessment at the person's house. Hi, my name's Brian. <laughs> What's yours? What are you doing here? Oh. So, so he he knocked on the door and he and she was he he asked the homeowner if uh, we could turn the power off so he could install the meter and and so she asked me. She's like, "Hey, he needs to turn the power off to to install this." And I was like, "Oh, what's he installing?" And then I found out it was the smart meter, and I said, "Well." Is this a you know right now she has an analog meter on on there and I already already looked at it I think and he's like oh yeah we're just replacing it it's it's not a smart meter it's just an upgrade and and uh, and it you know I was and he said you already have a smart meter he told her that to her face and and I already knew it wasn't because I looked at it and then I went back and I double checked I was like am I going crazy or something because <laughs> but they'll basically the they'll just lie to you and tell you that it's something else that it than it than what it is and basically what it is is they're they're using these to connect everybody's houses together so that you can communicate like the energy usage that's that's what they're saying um, but you know, They've, there's even some reports that say that they're admitting now that they're using it to um, to sell some of the information to companies about when people will run their washer and dryer, when they're when they're home, when they do run their AC, like like basically a way to monitor and and uh, get data on people's energy consumption. So it's some people would say that it's a it's a form of surveillance. Um, <laughs> oh, that's good. It'll, it'll attract even the people who aren't health conscious. What? They're spying on me? Get rid of that thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, 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 the pulsing of, uh, I guess it's the data acquisition by the smart meter and the pulsing of the electricity to do so is where the problem lies versus the old meters that were uh, just kind of wired into the house and, and not doing this objectionable new technology. 
Yeah, well, there's two – the two issues with the smart meters is there's the pulsation that's happening. That's the radio frequency wireless pulse. The heart attacks. Oh, excuse me, the pulsation of the radio frequency, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, then there's also the fact that it creates dirty electricity that goes onto your wiring, and that's from the switching on and off all the time. And what's dirty and so, electricity? Dirty electricity is uh, is – higher frequency transients that are riding on the 60 hertz. So the 60 hertz is what your electricity is. The higher frequency transients are 180 hertz all the way to the kilohertz range, almost like AM radio range. And so in between those, it's usually below 2 kilohertz, um, is the, the dirty, vast amount of the dirty electricity that's created. But then there's some like solar panels create as much as 80 kilohertz to 140 kilohertz. And, and that can go on to your electrical wiring as well. And those, there's lots of studies that show those uh, vastly increase your blood sugar. The solar uh, panels? Yeah, just the dirty electricity. Oh, okay. Yeah, but so, uh, you're saying solar, solar panels, panels are, a, are a risk factor for dirty electricity? Yes, definitely. Oh, mercy. All our, our clean living people. It's like when you hear that the, um, the, the manufacturing of the Toyota Prius takes more carbon energy than, uh, than, <laughs> than a car that burns gas for 10 years. Oh, man, I thought I was being good to the planet. Solar panels. Ah, do we have a, a, a remedy for solar panels? Can you do some uh, modifications to, to reduce that uh, offense? Yeah, for as far as health goes, yes, and also you can make your house even more energy efficient by filtering the dirty electricity that your solar panels create. So there's this uh, there's this box that you can actually install at your circuit panel that helps to filter the dirty electricity before it gets into the house from the solar panels, and it makes your electricity actually run more efficiently. So anything with a motor will run more efficiently. And and uh, you'll a lot of people report their costs going down from anywhere from five to twelve percent in their electric bill after they install this uh, super power perfect box is what it's called. And so I've been recommending those to almost everybody that we do assessments for, even people. You know, it's on my website, so we will sell it to anybody. But then there's also tips on how to install it based that are very customized. And so we figured out some ways on how to how to test it and install it that we include from anybody who gets the the product from us. But it's essentially what it's doing is it's filtering everything before it comes into your house, and that way it doesn't come onto your body. And it, you know, I don't know if it's quantifiable, but you could say it's hundreds of times more damaging than even the 60 hertz itself because it's got hundreds or thousands of more of other frequencies that are riding on the electricity that are creating actually penetrating deeper into your body because the 60 hertz will go onto your skin and, and penetrate a little bit and then through anything that's con- any surface that's conductive like your eyes your nose sometimes your ears your mouth any cuts that you have but the dirty electricity because it's a wireless frequency It'll ride on the 60 hertz, and then it will penetrate uh, further into your body. Um, and that's that's something that they've seen it increase your blood sugar, and uh, they've done a lot of even some studies with some diabetics uh, in relation to dirty electricity and exercise on treadmills, which produce a lot of dirty electricity. 
Oh mercy! We're we're trying so hard to get our get our workouts in on these electrical devices. Get outside, people! I'll put in a plug for that. Get off those machines. We use machines all day long. Then we go work out on machines. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another reason to get outside, <laughs> get on the ground. Yeah, uh, are, are some people uh, are some study subjects more sensitive than others? Uh, is there any? Is there a range of uh, responses to? Uh, of high frequency bedroom or dirty electricity environment? Yeah, so there's various ways to measure the the dirty electricity and and what I've found with people is um there's some people who would categorize themselves as electrosensitive or they have microwave sickness. Uh a lot of people in mainstream will think of immediately think of the show Better Call Saul. And the guy that's uh, electrosensitive and he's like – they kind of portray him as being this crazy guy or whatever. Well, I see a lot of people's uh, houses, maybe a third of the people that schedule assessments with me are, are people that are like that, that that have uh, sensitivity to these frequencies. And it's actually real and, and, I've, and I've been able to measure it. They say something's coming from their laptop and they don't know what it is. It's not voltage. It's not whatever – this other thing is their Wi-Fi is off, all this stuff. But then I'll test the body current uh, th- with this special meter that I have, and their body current will be extremely high. And Sam Milhelm, uh, he wrote the book Dirty Electricity, and he uh, discovered that you can use a specific type of meter, a fluke meter, a 287 or 289, and you can actually measure your body microamps. And there's a government study that he cites where it shows as 18 microamps of uh, body current going through your body is carcinogenic. And I've measured as much as 300 microamps in a person's bed. And on average, we'll get, you know, some people will be zero, but then there'll be people that are five microamps to 12, 20, 50, whatever. It can it can have a different range, but. Um, this is all related to dirty electricity that's coming on your ground system. And we're the only ones that I know of who's found a solution to this in the way that we recommend doing the shielding. Uh, speaking of that grounding, I know there's grounding sheets you can get for your bed. And then I heard Mercola recently say that you don't want to do any grounding because the the environment we're in is so charged anyway that the grounding is simply going to connect you to a dirty earth. Uh, where do you stand on on those such matters, including uh, plug-in devices like the wonderful chili pad that keeps your uh, mattress temperature cool and apparently, uh, of course, is going to be using some electricity from time to time, but apparently safe. Uh, what what do we what is one to think? Well, I I agree with Dr. Mercola somewhat on that because um, you you really don't know unless you test the area if it's a clean environment or not. And so if you're not testing it, I, you know, you could use yourself as a test subject, I suppose, and see how you feel. But a lot of people would rather just find out what's going on before they, before they, uh, you know, expose themselves to that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, I'm, I have some videos that I'm going to be coming out with that, that kind of clear up a lot of the controversy on this issue. And, uh, basically, yes, there are some areas where you can plug it, your grounding mat into the wall and it's fine, but there's just as many areas where you plug it into the wall and it's not fine. So uh, it can bring dirty electricity to your body. 
And uh, but in, if your room is shielded, no matter where you're at, you can have a healthy environment and you can ground in a healthy way if you're shielded properly. And and that's that's something that we've confirmed over and over again when we've uh, when we've done like taking somebody from the beginning to completion after discovering a, a big issue with the dirty ground or um, high radio frequencies or electric fields and that sort of thing in, in their in people's houses. Uh, so let's talk about shielded healing and how you can facilitate this home inspection. I, I, you have a, a team of people that are covering certain areas, and we can go look on your website and see if we can we can uh, arrange an appointment. Maybe talk about the costs, how it works, and then uh, the person gets a recommendation and where we go from there. Yeah, so we're we basically cover all of the United States right now. And uh, we have, I have about five uh, people on the team. We call them Shielded Healing Pros. So we have five pros in the field, including myself. And basically, like, we go wherever people need us. <laughs> so if, if there's a certain number of people that you can round up together that's in your obscure area, even if you live in the middle of New Mexico, like on some farm or ranch or whatever, if you can round up five or so people, we can, we could let want an assessment. We can, uh, get somebody out there to do an assessment for you. I mean, we, I even have one guy on my team who is a truck driver. And so he'll, he, uh, goes across the country all, you know, all year long, like multiple times and he'll go through some of the most obscure areas and sometimes we're able to get him to to go off into Lubbock, Texas or or places that are just like you hardly ever would 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 uh, imagine yourself visiting there. So, sorry if you have any Lubbock listeners, but <laughs> it was just the first thing that came into my head. Uh but yeah, we're we're uh, we try to get get to where we we can help anybody that's that's out there and uh the whole process basically it costs a, around a thousand dollars starting off, and then uh, for like just a studio apartment, and then a hundred dollars per bedroom uh, as you add a bedroom, and then uh, if your house is is larger, like we charge a hundred dollars extra for every thousand square feet beyond twenty five hundred square feet. So that's kind of the pricing structure, but what that includes is testing six of the different stressors that we test for and then building a whole customized protocol for your house and helping guiding you through that whole process, guiding your electricians and plumbers and anybody that, that needs to be involved in the, the process of fixing the problem, guiding them through that whole process. And then, uh, basically we'll be able to come back to your house and test all the solutions after they're put in place and make sure that everything's working the way that it should. Wow, that that sounds like a bargain, really, for all the all that you're doing. You're cleaning up someone's house and and their health in the process. I like it. Uh, maybe for now we could end with sort of Brian's uh, top five or however many come out of uh, mitigating actions we can take right away to to really get out of that that danger zone, the ridiculousness of being you know completely dirty and unaware of this stuff. Now we listen to this wonderful show and we want to make some changes. Uh, what would be on your priority list, your, your triage instructions for anybody to just get started down this path? Yeah, well, an easy first step is to get that phone on airplane mode whenever you can, but especially at night. 
when you don't need it. And if you need it, then turn the data off and then you'll still be able to receive phone calls and texts and it re- it stops your phone from talking to the tower like a hundred times per minute. Oh, turn the uh, data ch- off. So what is that setting described as? Uh, on, a, on an iPhone, it's cellular data. Oh, okay, right. Cellular data. So you just turn that off and you're still able to get the emergency phone call. I, I talk about my sister all the time on the show, devoted listener, and she's on uh, hospital duty to deliver babies, so she might get an important call. And if it's on airplane mode, that ain't good. For the rest of us, we can probably consider flipping over to airplane mode if we're not that important, but anyone can turn the data off and still be, uh, receive an emergency call. Love it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's not 100% foolproof with, with that. I mean, you're still it's still going to check the tower every once in a while uh, with that, but it, it definitely significant decrease in, in your exposure levels. So if you can do that, especially at night, that's great. Um, get the Wi-Fi off at night. Um, all of these things are kind of minimal changes that you can make just to, just to start. Um, I, I like to also kind of have a disclaimer on this with people that like sometimes you're not going to notice it if you do some of these things um, as far as your health goes. Like it's kind of like if you're celiac and you go low gluten, you start to cut out a bagel <laughs> here and there, you know, and yeah, that's great that you're doing that. And and you might notice a little bit of a difference or you're, where you're not as stressed or, or something like that. But in order, if you're celiac, is you don't really notice much until you cut everything out and then try to add it back in later. So, because uh, your body builds up a, a tolerance to it, and once that tolerance is is gone and you've kind of detoxed from that from that exposure, then you're able to kind of see how bad it was for you from the get go. Uh, with EMF, it's a little bit different. Uh, there are some similarities, but. It's not until you cut everything off, all the six different types of exposures that you have, that you really start to notice a huge difference. So just starting with the things like the Wi-Fi off at night, the airplane mode, unplugging things next to your bed, um, spending more time outside, not connected to your to your computer, get a wired internet connection if you can. Um, th- those are things that can help you right away in the in the, you know, as some of the exposures that are closest to your body. Uh, is it better if I'm working on my laptop a lot? I'm, I'm typically trying to plug in to uh, to save the battery. Uh, should I unplug to be on battery instead of the wire coming all the way to the screen? Yeah, that's a that's a really good strategy to do that. Um, because then I'm not taking that current all the way to the machine. I'm working on a battery which is less offensive. I mean, the battery is emitting some radiation too, I suppose, but it's less offensive than than the uh, than the plug. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, th- yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, unplugging the laptop, running off a battery is good. Your battery is DC. That's the same as the Earth. Oh. Um, it's 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 better. Um, and then you know, there's some other options that you can do we, we didn't talk much about lighting but um i know I we got to do part two because uh, the listeners don't realize this but we're talking on skype and you're you're lit up in in a beautiful red hue the entire screen is all red because you got a a red light blasting on your face so tell us a tiny bit about that but i'm, I'm making a wonderful list here of simple sure. easy things to do but what about the red light so switching over to incandescent bulbs will give you a more full spectrum of light but the other thing that we're concerned about that we test for in, in people's homes is the flickering of the lights 
And so incandescents don't flicker as much as LEDs or fluorescents. So if you can switch out your fluorescent bulbs and your LED bulbs for as high a wattage as you can get incandescent bulbs, that's good. Um, I'm going to be coming out with a with a lighting guide pretty soon here. And there there's some LEDs that I've tested that are constant current, uh, constant on LEDs where they don't flicker. Um and and they have a better spectrum. So a lot of times we'll encourage there to be a uh, an environment where no flicker and we have a full spectrum and we have a combination between incandescents and LEDs that oh, don't so, flicker. But you're recommending getting the highest wattage possible of the incandescent. So that's cool because Mia Moore was giving me a hard time if we're going to have this this dark house because uh, I came back from Liver Kings and everything was on that orange hue and it was super mellow. But you can get some brightness, but just get the proper bulb and you're okay? Yeah. So because it's running – because your electricity is on 60 hertz um, – with the LED, it turns on and off instantly, 60 times per second. Really, it's 120 uh, you know, oscillations per second. So your brain can't perceive that, but your eye is constantly trying to adjust to that. And that stresses your hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenal glands. So the, the incandescent bulbs, they heat up a filament. That filament doesn't cool down fast enough to turn completely off. And so the hotter the filament is, the higher the wattage, the less there is a flicker effect. So that's why I use these 250-watt incandescent bulbs, um, and I actually consulted with Sauna Space to create um, a fully shielded version of their sauna, and they have this photon light that uh, is doesn't emit any electric fields because of how how we help I helped them design it, and then uh, it's got a shielded cord and everything, and it's got the 250-watt incandescent bulb, so it's got very, very low flicker. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be red. You can find a uh, a white bulb that's incandescent, high wattage. Right. Yeah. the The problem that people have with that is is that there's not very many fixtures out there that will handle the higher wattage bulbs. So, um, if you can find an older fixture, or you can uh, you can get like a a heat lamp fixture, those will work. Some restaurants, if you go to restaurant lighting, like uh, websites, uh, you can get like heat lamp fixtures that actually aren't don't look that bad, and they can handle up to like 300 or 400 watts per per fixture, and you can just put like 150 watt bulbs in there uh, that you can get from. There's a company called Chromo Lux, and then uh, there's some some places on Amazon where you can still get 150 watt incandescent bulbs that are that are still pretty good. Uh, so right now, this badass list says, um, at night, turn off your cellular data, or t- go to airplane mode, or at least turn off your cellular data. Uh, turn the Wi-Fi off in your house. Uh, I like that idea of getting the remote unplugging device uh, on, on the internet where you push one button instead of yanking plugs out and crawling under your bed, because that's not going to happen. Yep. So we get the remote yep. unplugging device and then unplug everything and plug it in at the touch of a button. I guess if I want my uh, air filter deionizer white noise machine, I could plug that in further away from my head and, and be okay, get a, get a Brian Star for that. Yeah, okay. yeah, that would definitely be better. So the, sure. further away, the further away, the better if we are plugging stuff in, keeping it plugged in. Yeah. And if you need to charge your phone next to your bed because you use it as an alarm or whatever, I actually do that. I use my phone as an alarm. I've, I get one of those power banks, those battery power banks. And so my phone's in airplane mode. I've got no Bluetooth, no Wi-Fi on. 
and then I plug it into a power bank to charge it on a DC battery at night, and then I can plug that back in during the day to charge the the power bank if I need to. Oh, okay. So it's like a power. It's a charger bank that you just put the phone on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's it's a it's a little power bank. Like I've got one that that'll last like seven charges, so I can just have it in the room, and then I just charge it once a week. Um, but there, oh, I, you, you're talking about a portable, uh, uh, like a battery pack for the phone. Yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Okay, so you're charging that at night. Okay, I, you know, I have one in my travel bag in case of emergency. Now I can use that thing every night, then recharge yep. it. Oh, love it. You, yeah, you got to yeah, do that, like a, you got to put out like a an ebook with or a shopping uh, a shopping guide. I'll pay fifteen bucks for that right now, wouldn't you, listeners? Just get all get all the right stuff together. This is great. Okay, so the power bank. Um, uh, continuing with the list, there. Oh, get outside more, of course. Yeah, get the uh, the negative ions from the Earth's surface and the balancing all that indoor electricity. Um, yep. Try to find the uh, use the Ethernet and do wired internet instead of Wi-Fi when when possible. Um, the incandescent bulbs. We're going to try to find some 150 watt incandescent bulbs. Hopefully, our fixtures will take them. And then the yep. power bank charging at night. That's pure genius. It's so simple. Yep, yep. Those are some really easy things you can do to start to reduce your exposures. And then there's some there's some supplemental things that you can do right away too. Like a molecular hydrogen actually helps uh, reduce the damage. There's one study that shows up to 80% of the damage from EMF. It'll help mitigate that because it's a peroxynitrite scavenger. And and then also raising your NAD levels is is a good way to uh, help combat these types of stressors as well. So what was the one you just mentioned? Is that like a supplement or? Yeah, there's some there's some NAD supplements. Um, or pre- I believe previous nine, to that, what were you talking about before that? Uh, molecular hydrogen. And what's so, that? That's a, a little tablet you can actually put in your water that creates uh, these hydrogen bubbles and. Uh, I use one by Quicksilver Scientific called H2 Elite. Um, I think Allergy Research also has one that they just came out with. There's going to be like a ton of these uh, on the market here pretty soon. Oh, yeah. Ben Greenfield talked about that on his show. I said, what's the latest, greatest hot health practice? He's like hydrogenized water. I guess that's what he called it. So this is the same yep. thing where you're getting a, a burst of hydrogen when you're, when you're drinking your water. You can put a, put a droplet into your glass of water, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You, you basically put a tablet in. It's kind of acts like like an Alka Seltzer tablet. You'll see the bubbles start to go up, and then you have to drink it all right away within a minute of them. Basically, the bubbles or the tablet disappearing and the bubbles saturating your 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 water. And then what's happening when you ingest that quickly? Uh, all those hydrogen bubbles kind of flood your your bloodstream through your duodenum. Uh, in the small intestine, and they start to scavenge all the peroxynitrite that's created. So it's it's mainly something that happens like right away, like within a snap. And so if if you know you're going to have a big exposure, um, you know, it's a lot of people will recommend to do it on a plane or when they're getting ready to drive. You know, take take a chug chug a glass of hydrogen water right before you you drive on on a road trip or whatever. Um, but if you know that you're going to be exposed to a lot of EMF, that's a good time to take it. And you can and take it like three or four glasses a day. 
And then the NAD is, you can get that in supplement form to try to increase your NAD levels. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's only really one company I've seen that has that and it's a company called Elysium. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't even ordered it myself, but I've seen them and they have some clinical studies that show it. It will raise your NAD levels by like, I think 30% or something like that. Brian Hoyer, Shielded Healing. I'm getting pumped, man. I, I hope the listener's not getting overwhelmed. We did have a list that came out right at 10. So we'll put those in the show notes. And oh my goodness, pretty simple stuff to get, get started down this path. Maybe consider a home inspection someday. I'm, I'm totally down for that. And uh, thanks for spending the time explaining this stuff. I know it got a little scientific listeners, but we got we to gotta understand the background information here and then realize how how direct the association is with something that stresses us at night. That's a bad, bad deal. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Brad. It's been a pleasure and uh, look forward to talking more and right. uh, and hearing like the feedback from your listeners. Right. We got to do part two with just the light show and the, the, the blue light versus the, the, the new contraptions that we have now. I'm, I'm enjoying my Jew therapy and, and lots of research and, and, support behind these these concepts you guys are really on the cutting edge so so keep going at shielded shieldedhealing.com can we learn everything about you there is that the best place to go yeah that's the best place we got a, a media page there and then the store we have some products in there we just i just put our new shielding fabric up on the store so anybody can buy it now oh nice okay brian hoyer thanks a lot great show yep thanks da, 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 da. Hey there, Primal Blueprint listeners. Did you know that Primal Kitchen Collagen Peptides help support hair, skin, and nails? Well, we offer a variety of collagen products to suit everyone's palate, from unflavored to mango pineapple or golden turmeric, to our keto matcha or chai tea collagen latte mixes, and much more. Visit us at primalkitchen.com and start fueling your day with collagen peptides.